so when do we pray? When do we pray? Yes, sir. Anytime. All right. I like that answer. When, when do you guys pray? At nighttime? Okay. Any other times? At, at night? At dinner? Okay. During the night? During a bad dream? Good. All right. Not that it's good to have bad dreams, but good to, good to pray. At church? We pray at church? Yeah. What kinds of things can we pray about? Not being scared, okay. What else can we pray about? What else do you pray about? Let me ask you that. We really got to have you a sleep study. <laughs> Nightmares and scary dreams, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe your dad likes to scare you sometimes. Is that? Yeah, okay. Um, well, yeah, but listen, you know, the Bible talks about all kinds of things ways we can pray. In fact, um, the disciples, they asked Jesus. You know, there were so many things they could ask him. Hey, Jesus, can you teach us something? They asked him to teach them. They asked Jesus, can you teach us to pray? Teach us to pray. And he did. So prayer must be pretty important. In fact, the Bible says that we are to pray without ceasing. Now, what does cease mean? I know what cease means. Cease in the name of God. Cease in the name of God. Okay. <laughs> well, you used it in a sentence, I suppose. <laughs> what does it mean to cease? Cease means to stop, right? And so another way to say that verse would be that we should pray without stopping. It means we just we pray all the time. And that our that our hearts can be in an attitude of prayer. Now let me ask you this: Whenever we pray and we're, we're in church somewhere, you know, we're supposed to close our eyes, right? We, we close our eyes when we pray. But but what if you're what if you're doing something that that you need to be able to see? Uh, like maybe your mom and daddy's pray sometimes when they're in traffic and they're driving. It wouldn't be good for them to close their eyes, would they? Would it? But they can still pray. Okay, we can still pray. We're just supposed to have an attitude prayer all day long, and we can really pray about anything, okay? The Bible the Bible talks about what, what we can pray about. We, we pray for other people who are sick. We pray for our food, like before dinner, we thank God for his provisions, whether it's food or a house to live in or, or whatever it might be. But I just want to encourage you to think about different times in the day that you can pray. It doesn't have to be just at mealtime or just at night or just during a nightmare, okay, we can pray at any time during the day, and we ought to be, we ought to be people that pray all the time, so how about we pray right now, let's pray, Father, thank you that we even have the opportunity for prayer, that we can come to you because of who Jesus is and what he's done for us, God, thank you for the blessing of prayer, may we not take it lightly, May we pray more often. It's in Jesus' name we pray now. Amen.
remember growing up. Maybe you remember them like this. Maybe not. But uh, enjoy this slideshow. I love, but no one else would show up. Was I Jesus to the least of us? Was my worship more than just a song? Andy, Andy Mazin to come up and uh, she's going to call out your name. When she, when she calls out your name, I want you to come and uh, come up. I've got a little gift to give to you and join your parents up front here and just have, have your parents stand with you. Kendra graduated this past Friday night from Central Christian School with honors. She was a student ambassador, 
a member of the Key Club, a homecoming court representative, and during high school, she was a varsity cheerleader. She played JV and varsity volleyball, softball and soccer, and was a member of the shooting team. She plans to attend West Georgia Tech at CEC in the fall for certification in cosmetology to further her business in Mary Kay. She's already begun her business with Mary Kay as a senior beauty consultant. And her favorite verse is Philippians 4.13, where I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Kendra Marie Anderson. Sam couldn't be with us this morning because he's working, but he will be here this afternoon for the reception, but I'll still call his name Samuel Matthew Bartlett. Sam will be graduating this Thursday from Northgate High School. During high school, he enjoyed playing basketball and helping with service projects. He participated in last summer's mission trip to Ecuador with Northside. He has been working many long hours looking to save up some money before entering college. And his plans after school are to attend college at Georgia Military College. His favorite verse is Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Samuel Matthew Bartlett. Connor Gerald Fortner, also known as Kofo or Sunshine. <laughs> Connor will be graduating this Thursday from Northgate with high honors. He is a member of the Beta Club and was selected for the Northgate Viking 100 honor, an all-county and all-region performer in both football and baseball and selected to Georgia High School Association all-star teams in both sports. After graduating, Connor will be a member of the Baseball for Christ mission team serving in Mexico this June. He will attend Georgia Southern University in the fall and plans to major in business, finance, or accounting. Connor's favorite verse is Luke 18:27. What is impossible with men is possible with God. Connor Gerald Fortner. Kendra Judith Ann Kearns. Kendra graduated this past Friday from Trinity Christian School. She was a member of the clay sports shooting team and won fourth place in track at the state tournament during her second year. Don't mess with her. Her plans after graduation are to attend cosmetology school as well. Her favorite verse, it's one of my favorites as well, Romans 8:28. For we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. Kendra Judith Ann Kearns. Andy. Thank you, parents and so many others uh, who have
been there along the way for these graduates and have encouraged them and prayed for them and, and taught them the right way uh, and, and how they should, should live their life. Um, I just want to ask a, a prayer, a blessing over our, our graduates, over our, our students at this time. Please join me in prayer. Father, we come to you on this graduation recognition Sunday and are grateful that we've uh, been able to partner with these young men and women and see them grow and mature. And Father, we are proud of who they have become. But Father, I truly am excited about the men and women that they are yet to become. So Lord, as they look at this next phase of life, in some regards it is a new phase, a, a new chapter, a, a, a new journey. But Lord, in, in some respects it's just a continuation, it's just another day because those principles that were laid in their life, even early, in those foundational years, will be the principles that carry them through not just the next few years, but really through the rest of their life. And so God, go with them, and may they seek after you, seek your face, bless them, Father, for their parents. First child that's, that's graduating, for others, it's that empty nest idea. And so, Father, whatever emotions are there with the parents, I just, uh, I'm, I'm grateful that parents have decided that church is a place for their children, but not just to be raised in church, but to be raised in Christ. Father, give them comfort and wisdom as their transition as parents of adults changes a little bit as well. And Lord, I also want to pray for our church that we will continue to come alongside students and parents, teach and train, and that a generation that goes forward will be a generation that brings honor and glory to your name. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus I pray. Amen. All right. We will be in the book of Acts. So if you want to go ahead and turn there, book of Acts chapter 3, we will continue in, in our series, uh, The Band of Believers, as we continue to walk through the book of Acts. Now, I'm not very good with, with titles of sermons. For instance, the sermon of when, when we talked about Peter's, uh, of Peter's sermon, I titled it Peter's Sermon. And the day of Pentecost, I, I entitled it Pentecost. And so, uh, but, but today... Just this is Graduate Sunday, and in our passage today, we're gonna we're gonna cover two chapters. So you got to listen fast, okay? We're gonna cover two chapters, and, and and the title today, especially Graduate Sunday, is Lessons from the Uneducated and Untrained. Okay, I was waiting for a little more laughter, but that's okay. You can you can save it for later. Um, it, but what we will see. With Peter and John here, these untrained, uneducated men is how God can use even those of us who are untrained and uneducated. But really, I have four observations for us today from this passage. And like I said, we're gonna we're gonna cover a good bit of scripture, a little bit more than we usually do. Um, and so I'm just gonna ask you to just remain seated, even as I read the scripture. Just just remember that. Um, Jesus oftentimes would, would teach, and he had the crowds to sit down. And so uh, we still honor God's word, but you can remain seated this morning as we, as we read this passage, and we'll discover uh, four observations, 
four, four questions that were, that were asked here from this passage that I believe can be applied to our lives as well. So like I said, two chapters, so listen fast. Uh, Acts chapter 3, let me just read this first portion here, uh, 1 through 10. Now Peter and John were going up together to the temple complex at the hour of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. And a man who was lame from birth was carried there and placed every day at the temple gate called Beautiful. So he could beg from those entering the temple complex. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple complex, he asked for help. Peter, along with John, looked at him intently and said, Look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then, taking him, taking him by the right hand, he raised him up. And at once, his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up, stood, and started to walk. And as he entered the temple complex with them, walking, leaping, and praising God, all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple complex. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to them. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this story. I pray that you teach us this morning and may we listen and learn. Speak to us now. Give us open hearts and open ears to hear a message from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So here we have two apostles, Peter and John. They're headed to the temple because it's time to pray. They're headed up to the temple and what they encounter there is a, a crippled man and who's asking for some money. And they said, we don't have any money. But what we do have, we can give to you. I'm reminded of some of the times that I've been in downtown Atlanta. Uh, one time I was walking across the North Avenue Bridge across I-75, and I got stopped uh, by a man who was looking for, some, looking for some help. He asked for 73 cents so he could buy deodorant. That was one of the most unusual requests I ever got. But one night uh, I was with some buddies of mine. We were in uh, a common area of the, of the dorm room, actually. Two of us played guitar, one was piano, one played the drums. We were just kind of enjoying ourselves with some music down there. And somebody said, hey, what if we write a song? Hey, none of us are songwriters, still not. But what, what was on our hearts collectively that night was how do we help those that are less fortunate? How do we help those that Jesus calls the least of these? And we started talking through some things. Wouldn't you know it? Somebody saw us in there, it was at night, and knocked on the, knocked on the window. He said he was needing some, some help. He said he had a job lined up for tomorrow. I don't know. I was, I was a little more young and, and naive back then. and so, but, but we bought his story. But it was interesting that at that moment we were talking about this, that someone shows up. And so we helped him out. One of the guys went and grabbed a pair of jeans, actually. He said, you don't need some blue jeans. He's got a construction job. Some of us went back to our dorms and got some food and, and helped him out. There's, there's people, the, the point is, people are all around us that are in need. How do we help them? We were college students, didn't have silver or gold, but we went to find what we did have. And, um, and, and, we, and we prayed with that man that night. But people have been sitting and begging. This is not a new thing in our lives today. For thousands of years, people have sat and in need of something. 
so this man was sitting at the temple complex looking as people came in. He was crippled. He couldn't, couldn't work and was in need of some money. And they said, we don't have any money, but what we do have, we give to you. Now, I do find it interesting that right off the bat, we, here's, my, here's my first question. Is it, just, it just says that John and Peter were on their way to the temple complex because it was a time of prayer. And so as I read that, I think this was not unusual for them. It seems to be this is just the normal things here. This is, this is, this, this is what happens. We get up in the morning and we, and we brush our teeth. At least I, I hope you do. Uh, when, you, when you sit down for a meal, you ask, you ask the blessing. These are just kind of normal things that, that we do. And so my first question for you this morning is, are you the kind of person that just prays? Is your life characterized by prayer? Are you someone who just, when something comes up or when, it, when someone comes to your mind, you say, let me pray for that person. Let me just pray for that person. Maybe rather than when, when something happens, rather than calling someone and talking to them about it or about someone or posting something on social media, maybe we should stop for just a minute and pray for that situation, pray for that person first. Are you the kind of person that just your natural, your, your natural response to the different events in life is just to pray? Whenever, whenever uh, Brian and I were in Kentucky, when we first started looking at going up to Kentucky, we met Stephen Jett. He's the associational missionary there. And I can say, just from being around him for less than 24 hours, that, that Stephen is a man of prayer. Whenever we were going around the community looking for, well, what can we do here? Is there a, is there a potential backyard Bible club? Can we help in this, in this place? Uh, wherever we went, he just said, hey, before we go, I want you to know we're from the Baptist churches around here. Can, can I pray for you? It was just, it, was, it wasn't something he just started doing, I could just tell. That was just who he was, it's what he did. He met people, total strangers, but he just asked, can I pray for you? And he would, because so often people would say yes. Very rarely did they say no thanks. What happens is we pray for those people anyway later, but he was just, he's just a man of prayer. He, he was, everywhere we went, he asked, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? I want to pray for you. And, and not just... Tell me about what is on your heart, and when I go home tonight, I'll pray for you. No, it was right then and there. Let's pray. And I was just, I was so impressed by that. But are you the kind of person? You just pray. That's just who you are. You pray. Well, see, they they were going to the temple, and they were going to pray because it was time of prayer. And they met a man. They met a crippled man. He'd been crippled since birth, as we will find out later, more than 40 years he just, he sits there and he begs every day. They don't have money, so they pray for him. And Peter gives him something. Peter gives him something. You, if you look, you see what Peter gives him. He doesn't give him anything physical that he can give over to his hands. In fact, what he does is he gives him a, a name. He gives him a, a name. He gives him the name of Jesus the Nazarene. He says, I, I can't do anything, but in, in the name of Jesus Christ from Nazareth, get up and walk. He gives him a name. You see, sometimes I think he, he, he gives the Holy Spirit, but that's not the case. He, Peter can't give the Holy Spirit. Only the 
the Holy Spirit. Only God gives the Holy Spirit. But he gives him the name of Jesus. He gives him the name of Jesus, and it changes this man's life. It changes his life. And so, real quickly, here's my second question. My second question is, if you're confronted in a situation, would you rather be able to say, hey, I've got some silver and some gold, or would you rather be able to say, in the name of Jesus, arise and walk? Would you rather be able to give silver and gold, or would you rather be able to give the name of Jesus? And now listen carefully, because I'm not saying that these two are mutually exclusive. You can have a great deal of wealth and still give the name of Jesus, but in our daily pursuits, what are the things that we are pursuing in our life? From day to day, are we pursuing the things that bring wealth and riches on this earth, or are we pursuing the things that bring wealth and riches in eternity? We, the, the Bible says, Jesus says, you can't serve two masters. So is your life, is my life, characterized more by the pursuit of wealth, comfort, and security, or is it more characterized by wholly trusting in Jesus? Is my life, is your life, more characterized by the temporal earthly treasures or more characterized by treasures that will never fade or rust. You see, Peter and, and John, they, they didn't have the silver or gold, but they had the name of Jesus. And again, I say those aren't mutually exclusive. You can't have both. But what do you pursue each and every day? If you had to give one up, which one would you give up? Do we, are we people who pursue Jesus Christ and pursue other people knowing the name of Jesus Christ. So that's the, that's the second question, the second lesson from the uneducated and untrained. Now, as we continue on in our story, just a, just, just a little side story here that, that I noticed. And let me ask you this question. Is there a place, is there a location in the world that you have always wanted to go to, a place you always wanted to visit? I know for me, like, I don't really care that much about Duke basketball, but I'd love to take in a game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. I think that'd be fascinating. Or Notre Dame football to watch them run out. I don't, I don't care if Notre Dame won or lost that day. I would, that would just, that's, I, would, I would enjoy that. I did get a chance a few years ago to catch a game at Fenway Park. It was, that was exciting. But a couple of other places, I've always wanted to go on an African safari. I think that would be fascinating. And one day, I'm a little bit jealous of Sarah, Sarah Chappelle right now. She's headed over to Israel for a, a, a Bible study in Israel. I would love to have the opportunity to, to do that, to visit the Holy Land. But imagine this man here. He's been crippled since birth. For 40 years, he sat at the gate, not able to enter into the temple complex. And now somebody comes by, and rather than giving him alms, gives him the name of Jesus. And, by the way, he's kind of disobedient because he says arise and walk. And it says he, he's leaping and praising God. So, you know, when miracles happen, a lot of times dignity falls down a little bit because it's a miracle. He's leaping and he's praising the Lord and he's going into the temple complex, a place he was not allowed to enter before. He couldn't enter because of his condition. And now he's able to go in. And I just find that just just amazing. It's it, there's, there's some truth there. Uh, and, and just... It's not really a side part of the story. It's part of the story, but I, I just felt like I had to mention that. And I wonder, do we get excited when we have the opportunity to 
come into the house of God? Do we come in already praising the Lord? Is worship something that happens once we strum that first note? Or is worship something that has already taken place that morning as we come to gather together? You see, we should be excited to go into the house of God. And it says the people that saw him were filled with awe and astonishment. But let's keep, let's keep moving. Acts 3, verse 11 through 26. This is, a, this is another sermon from Peter. And so here's an opportunity for Peter again, the old fisherman. All of the people are looking. They, they, he, he has their attention, and so he could do anything. But what does he do? He, pre, he preaches a sermon. His new job. He doesn't teach them how to fish. He just proclaims Jesus. And so we went through that sermon in, in chapter 2 a couple of weeks ago. And if you look, that same formula, you can find it here where he's got their attention and he's got some common ground and he mentions that. He, he refers to the Hebrew scriptures, which all of the people at the temple would be familiar with. And then he turns it to Jesus and he proclaims the name of Jesus, making it a gospel presentation and gives them the opportunity to respond. And that's what we can do in our normal conversations. We, we find people on common ground. We turn that conversation to about Jesus Christ and give them the opportunity to respond. They can, they, you can respond, I think, in at least three ways. You can either say, praise God, I'm already a Christian, but I love to hear people talk about Jesus. Or they could say, I'm not a Christian and I'm not ready yet. Or they might say, you know, I'm not a Christian, but I'm intrigued by what you're saying. Can you tell me more? Tell me how I can, how I can follow this Christ. So, as he does this, some people get upset. Some people get upset. Look at verse. Look at chapter four. Chapter four, verses one through four. Now, as they were speaking to the people, the priests, the commander of the temple uh, police, and the Sadducees confronted them because they were provoked that they were teaching the people and proclaiming the resurrection from the dead using Jesus as the example. So they seized them and put them in custody until the next day, since it was already evening. But many of those who heard the message believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. The authorities didn't like what they were hearing. Well, who are these authorities? Who are the people in the authority at the temple complex? And this is important, so listen. They weren't just people who were looking to shut down religion. They were actually people trying to protect what religion they thought was primary. The one that they held to their heart. These are people who were trying to uphold the Old Testament scriptures, at least in their mind. They were the safeguards in town. They couldn't just allow anybody to come in and start preaching or teaching something new and contrary to the scriptures that they had studied for all these years. And so that's who they are. And so they're listening to these people teaching something that they don't understand. They're, they're, they're teaching something that they don't believe. And so they grab them and they detain them. They said, this is an unauthorized message by unprofessional preachers. Untrained and uneducated men. Who are these guys? that are coming into the temple preaching and teaching something. They're, they're not any of us. They're not part of the Sanhedrin. 
They're not priests. Who, who are these guys? Untrained and uneducated. And as I share that today on Graduate Sunday, I do want to remind you, Jesus can use anybody. He can use a couple of fishermen, untrained and uneducated, but he also used what I, I had a professor who said might be the most brilliant man that's ever walked the face of the earth apart from Jesus Christ. He used a man named Saul who was converted and changed his name to Paul, a brilliant scholar, and, and God used him as well. And so it's, this is not a sermon to say, don't worry about going to school. Use everything you've got, but understand that you can't use uneducation and, and, and un... I should probably get educated in how to say that word. <clears throat> don't use that as an excuse to not follow through with what Jesus has called you to do. And in fact, just me personally, Lindsay and I have even looked at what it would look like if I were to pursue a doctorate. It's not... It, it, it's not that we don't educate ourselves. It's not that we don't train ourselves. We do that. We want to hone this instrument that we have to make it as sharp as possible. But God can use anyone if you're willing and available. You see, so these, these men were untrained and, and, and uneducated, but God used them anyway. The Sadducees, they didn't even believe in the resurrection of the, of, of the dead much less that Jesus Christ would have been the example of the resurrection of the dead. But even when the Sadducees didn't believe, even when the Sanhedrin and the priests and the scribes and the Pharisees didn't believe, it says that about 5,000 people did believe. So I say, you might shut up the preachers, but you can't stop the gospel. It's going to continue. It's going to continue. And so that's something that I love to be able to give my life to is the gospel because it's going to keep going. Peter and John were brought before a group of people the next day, verses 5 through 6. Who are these people? Well, it says, verses 5 through 6, that the next day the rulers, elders, scribes assembled in Jerusalem. From Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all the members of the high priestly family. Who are these people? You might recognize them because just a few months earlier, there was a man who was before this group of people, and they they sentenced him to death. And so you got to think that John and Peter are looking into the eyes of the same people who had crucified their Lord, and they might be a little terrified. I would be standing before the same men who said, we'd rather have Barabbas the murderer take this man and crucify him. And now we're preaching in his name. What are they going to do to us? being untrained they ask a question verse 7 by what power or name have you done this by what power or name have you done this this isn't quite the same as asking by what authority are you teaching you see there are a lot of times Jesus was even challenged by what authority you know, he has this authority but where does it come from but what authority do you have? And just, just a little extra here, I won't even charge you for this, but to have the authority to teach in the temple. So whenever whenever the Hebrew boys were, were very young, they would dream of growing up one day and who would they who would they become? And one of the greatest things you could do was become a priest, and so they longed to be a priest. 
they would go to school, they would study under a priest, and they would, they would go to school for a while, and they would study the scriptures, and they would memorize huge portions of the Old Testament text. And then at some point, there was a test, and if you passed the test, then you would continue on. You may even have a private tutor or, or a couple of priests that would be kind of your private teachers. If you failed the test, you generally went back to your, your home, and you trained in whatever skills or labor of your dad. But those who passed the test would go on. They would study even more. And at some point, probably around the age of 20 or so, uh, there would be a couple of, of, of priests who would present you uh, before, before a panel of other priests and, and, and say, we feel like he can be a priest. And, and, and you had to have at least two priests who would confer upon you the authority to now go and teach the scriptures. And so when they asked Jesus this question, but what authority do you have to teach these scriptures? And he says, uh, the authority, you know, he didn't need a man to give him the authority, but that's not exactly what they're doing here. He's saying, by what power or in what name have you done this? Because they're not concerned with what they're teaching because they might dispute what they're teaching. What they're concerned with is everybody, at least 5,000 people, recognize this is the man that's been crippled for 40 years, and now leaping and praising God. They're concerned about this miracle that's in front of them. By what power or what name have you done this? Remember Acts 1.8? Jesus says, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you and be my witnesses. So Peter, you're just an old fisherman. John, you're a young whippersnapper. See what I did there, snapper. Young whippersnapper fisherman. Where did you get this power? And Peter's answer to me is it's fascinating, but it was infuriating to them. From Jesus Christ the Nazarene, and then he almost like just takes his finger and points it a little bit harder. Whom you crucified. Was he terrified to stand in front of this same group of people? Probably. Probably a little bit terrified, but he knew he had the power to say the name of Jesus he had witnessed who Jesus was and his resurrection and his ascension. And he says, who you crucified, that's whose name and that's whose power I have. And then he goes on in verse 12. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people whereby we must be saved. Listen, whenever you encounter people in, in the community, whether it's people at work or people that you just in your neighborhood and you're having a, a conversation or if it or someone comes knocking on your door and wants to have a conversation listen you may not be able to answer everybody's questions okay you may not be able to answer everybody's questions but if you're a believer you have the holy spirit you have the power and the authority to speak about what jesus has done in your life and who he is even if you can't answer everybody's theological, doctrinal questions, you can talk about who Jesus is and what he's done for you. And we can, and we can do that. That is what Peter did here. That's the third observation. As we, can, as we continue, 13 through 22, chapter 4, 13 through 22. Again, these are untrained, uneducated men. These guys, they didn't have the authority of a priest, but they did have the power of the Holy Spirit.
Holy Spirit. They didn't have theological training. They had spent time on the seas, not unpacking the scrolls. They were just regular old guys. And the authorities didn't know what to do with this. They couldn't deny what they had seen. Apparently, thousands of other eyewitnesses. But they wouldn't acknowledge it either because it would mean that everything they had taught was wrong. Everything they had believed was wrong. And so they were in a conundrum. We can't deny what they've done. Too many people have seen We can see it ourselves. There's a miracle that's been taking place. But if we admit they're right, that means that we're wrong. And so they're caught in a difficult place. And Peter just shares the gospel. And so my question to you this morning, are you like the crowd? Are you like the crowd that humbly received that gospel message? Or are you like the priests and scribes who pridefully refused that message? It's there. That's what it is. They said, we can't deny that there must be power in this name of Jesus. That's what they said. The man stood up and danced. But if we admit that, it would mean that we were wrong. What do we do? Your response this morning, are you like the crowd that believed and joined with Jesus? Or are you like the Sanhedrin that just couldn't quite confess that there is power in this name? We sing a song, Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. I can help you with one thing. I can help you with the knowing. I can help you understand and know that it was for me he died. It was for you he died. What I can't help you with is the caring caring not my Lord was crucified. you got to come to an understanding. I can help you. I can help you understand Jesus Christ crucified, buried, and resurrected. He's coming again. But it's but it's a choice to either follow him or to not. So let me just review. I tried to cover two chapters quickly today. First of all, are you the kind of person that just prays in your daily life as you go about your day? Do you just, is your, one of your first responses to anything is it just prayer? And right then, not just I'll pray about it later, but right then and there. In your daily pursuits, would you rather say I have silver and gold, or would you rather say arise and walk? In the name of Jesus I give you. Can you speak with authority and power about who Jesus is and what he's done in your life? Will you humbly receive the gospel today or will you continue to refuse it? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this passage of scripture. These two men, these two untrained, uneducated men, maybe they didn't know a whole lot about the scripture, but they certainly knew the power in the name of Jesus and that he had come to save all men. Lord, may we be people characterized by prayer. I know that my prayer life isn't what it ought to be. God help me. 
in my conversations with folks, I, I pray that I can look for opportunities to share the gospel, to, to share the name and the power of Jesus. And I don't know that I'll ever grab a crippled man by the hand and help him stand, but I can share the name of Jesus, and then the miracles, it's really not up to me. Peter said it wasn't anything that John or I did, it was just all what Jesus did. So, Father, may we be people also characterized as sharing the name of Jesus. Lord, if there's anybody in here today that has heard the gospel but has yet to give their life to you, I pray today would be the day of salvation, that they too may join the rest of us who have trusted you with our life, who have repented of our sins and experienced the joy and the freedom that comes in following after Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that for our graduates as they go the next few days, the next few years. That these things will be characterized in their life as well. People who are characterized by prayer, share the name of Jesus, and have the power to go forward in whatever their pursuits are, Father, but ultimately that they don't pursue the things of this world, but they pursue you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So Lord, be with us today. Speak now, and may we listen. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you please stand, and you respond as the Lord is leading, whether it's there in your chair, the altar's open, or I would be happy to pray with you. But as God speaks, you listen. today. Amen. It's just been a, a good day, and it's going to be it's going to be even gooder. Um, that's a type of cheese, isn't it? It's gouda. Um, so, we'd love for you to come back this afternoon, pay attention to your bulletin. We've got our, our reception for our graduates. We'll be in the fellowship hall. Come and at, at uh, 4 o'clock and uh, enjoy that fellowship. Uh, Andy has done a lot of hard work in getting this and, and preparing for these graduates, and she deserves a little... Uh, Thank you for that. Um, and so just uh, appreciate all that you've done. And then we have our uh, business meeting, and, and we need to have a quorum here. So make sure you, you come for that and stay for our cake auction. You know, if you come to the business meeting, there will be sweet treats to follow. So uh, we'll just come and, and, and love for you to be a part of what's going on here tonight. Pay attention to your bulletin and everything that is therein. Come and